Who are the elite athletes? They are the men and women who have dedicated themselves to a level of achievement in a sport that most can only dream about. Whether they reach that pinnacle of success in high school, college, or in the pro game, the vast majority of these great athletes come to realize that their time at the top is only a few years. What does life have in store for them for the next 50, 60, or more years? What challenges and barriers do they face along the way? After the Glory is the show that features conversations with elite athletes as they talk about what led them to greatness and how their special skill set has prepared them for life beyond the playing field. Gary Stern and Lucy Sang are passionate admirers of elite athletes and are proud to bring you their stories. And now, the host of After the Glory, Lucy Sang and Gary Stern. On the After the Glory podcast today, we have a very special guest and a very special set of subjects to talk about as we head into the NFL playoff season. We are joined by Mr. Bart Oates, the president of the NFL Alumni Association. And today we're going to dive into some very important issues involving NFL alumni. And I can think of no better person, not only because he's the president, but because of the incredible career he had in the NFL. Ten seasons playing center uh, for the two incredible teams, the New York Giants and the San Francisco 49ers. And I dare say, Mr. Oates, wherever you went, winning followed with three Super Bowls uh, in the uh, Super Bowl 21, 25, and 29. Um, graduated from Alb Albany High School in Georgia. Mr. Oates played college football at Brigham Young University. Um, and uh, after an LDS mission uh, in Las Vegas uh, uh, and uh, earning a BA in accounting, uh, went on to an incredible professional career starting at the age of 26. Uh, played some time in the USFL, people may remember that former league. And then he went on to his uh, career with the uh, 49ers and the New York Giants. Did a little work on NBC and uh, eventually found his way to law school. Graduated magna cum laude from Seton Hall Law School, one of the great law schools in America. Uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Oates, it is a privilege to have you here today uh, to talk about all that you've learned from your years in the NFL and beyond. Well, Gary and Lucy, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And, you know, we typically start our episodes jumping in, you know, with a very simple question. Why football? How did you get started with football? And, and let's, you know, spend some time talking about you first so that we can expand to all the impact you have done for football as a whole. Uh, well, football, why? Uh, I suppose the question is why not? Hey, um, I like that. You know, um, that's the simple answer. The real answer is I grew up in uh, southwest Georgia, and uh, football was that, was, that was the sport. That was everyone who loved, you know, the football. And so... I started, started playing Pop Warner, you know, f full contact at eight years old. And I know mm -hmm. that in today's world, there's a lot of um, probably some mixed feelings there. Um, but in, uh, in Southwest Georgia, there were no mixed feelings. It was, you know, if you had a, you were a young man, you, uh, you were probably going to go out for Pop Warner football. And uh, I happened to be a fairly, I was just fat i would i used to call myself chubby but i was actually just a fat kid i was bigger oh my you know, i was like my in the in the pictures i was always a head taller than everybody and larger so <sighs> I was, 
because of my weight, I was always forced to the alignment and, um, and, and had to, uh, but played football. And so that was, uh, and loved it. I had two older brothers, still do, by the way. Uh, I have two <laughs> older brothers and um, they, uh, one, Brad, six years older than me. Um, my brother Barry was just a year ahead of me. So we were almost twins. We were about the same size growing up. And uh, so everyone played football. And I just followed in their footsteps and grew um, to love the game and uh, loved what it represented, loved what, what it taught as a, as a youth. And then, you know, lo and behold, as, as you get older, you start to look back and go, wow, oh, those are some pretty good uh, life experiences and, and disciplines that uh, you can apply in a lot of different areas of your life. And so. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that insight that where you grew up was kind of what made you all naturally go towards football. But can you tell us when or if you ever realized that you would actually go pro and become an elite football player, not just on the playground? Well, I never, I've never considered myself elite. I only got two scholarship offers coming out of high school. I was a free agent, uh, went into the USFL, uh, went that route because I didn't think I would even make the NFL. Um, you know, and then with, when playing for a Bill Parcells, my first nine years uh, in the NFL, you know, I never, even though I, I started every game, um, you know, you never had a sense of security. So there was never this elite, um, unless you were Lawrence Taylor, maybe. There was never <laughs> this elite feeling, particularly if you're an offensive lineman, because Parcells loved to, he loved to use the offensive lineman as the, the brunt of his uh, jokes and uh, oft times uh, made sure that we were staying in a humble status. Oh, well, my. Mr. Oates, let me, let me tell you that uh, as two fans who started this podcast uh, who have had a, a very interesting uh, uh, life experience with, with athletes ourselves, um, we consider elite anybody who achieves the ultimate in their sport uh, as one of the very few percentage-wise who take up the sport, whoever reached the top, reached mm -hmm. the mountaintop. They, we consider those elite. But you made an interesting point about the line, and I want to ask you about that. My sense is that the mental toughness to be a lineman and to, and to be a lineman in the NFL uh, is, is a special thing because, as you indicate, it, you're not, you know, with the helmets on, people don't recognize you. And more to the point, um, you're not the star in terms of making that 75-yard run to the, uh, to the house. Um, no. How did you develop that mental toughness to be a lineman in the NFL for 10 years? You know, it, it grew. I mean, it's one of these things that you, you grow into. Um, I had the body type for it, and I was taught that, so I coached from an early age. Uh, um, so I've always been in that offensive line, that offensive lineman mentality. I, I played, you know, both ways in high school. But once you get to college, you, get, you go in, and I've been a line, uh, offensive center, not even just lineman, but um, – They'd asked me to play guard. I, I'm sure I wouldn't have been able to do that. So I was pretty much pegged in as a, a center and, and was able to, to learn how to play that position and play it on a level that was competent enough to, to get paid for. And uh, it was, it was a uh, process more than anything. It wasn't something that I, I was born with. Offensive linemen are a little bit, are, are, you know, a unique position in that you're right. We don't get mentioned. We, matter of fact, well, that's not true. You do get mentioned. It's when you make a mistake. Right. right, you get called for a penalty, and that's where they'll, they'll focus in on you. Right, you get one of these, and they'll may say something about you. And um, you know, John Madden was the guy, and he always was able to make make some positive comments. But uh, that's the only time an offensive lineman. So I know for well, me, when I was playing, I I didn't want to get called, but when my one of my teammates 
line mates got called, I'd go stand next to him. That way my parents could see me on TV, you know, at least uh, without getting mentioned as a call uh, for you, a penalty. You mentioned size, and I want to ask you about that, uh, and, and we may uh, dovetail into uh, the next segment of our show, but the first time I ever remember a lineman being in the mm. news, being prominent, was Jerry Kramer and the great block that led to a touchdown in, in the Super Bowl, one of the early ones. But linemen in those days were not the big guys that we see today. And it seems to me that something changed in the development of the game where you could be a, an accomplished lineman at 200, 210, 220, but there's no way you could be a 210, 220 lineman today. What happened? Did something happen along the way that it became really and truly about size? I, you know, a lot more specialization, a lot more attention uh, um, into the into the particular position itself. Uh, what was needed, and um, I think with as as the again, you know, the money has as the money has increased, the quality uh, of the players themselves have increased. I think so. Kids are really focused. You start pulling kids out at a very young age, and and training them, and and nutrition, and lifting, and that you know that will give them that ability to 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 excel and so that wasn't available back in the 60s or 70s it started in the 80s and 90s and 2000s and and this decade you know and last decade in particular where it's kind of exploded what a great start to a wonderful conversation and i'm very excited for what's next when we come back on after the glory this is lucy saying with gary stern and our special guest mr bart oates we'll be right back Role models, they can make all the difference. In our world today, they have never been more important. One of the nation's most successful mentoring organizations is Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters of Los Angeles. Their mission is to assist youth in achieving their full potential through innovative and impactful programs. And no nonprofit agency does it better. Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters of LA serves Jewish children, boys and girls in our local community with a mentoring program that's been going strong since 1915. That's only the beginning. This nationally known agency owns and operates Camp Bob Waldorf. Its summer camping and weekend retreat programs enrich the lives of youth throughout greater Los Angeles. Then there's a college support program, and last but not least, work that helps kids all over the world through the Teen Talk app. Want to learn more? Go to jbbbsla.org. Donate. Get involved. There's no better way to make a difference. Back on After the Glory, this is Gary Stern with uh, my partner Lucy Sang and our very special guest, Mr. Bart Oates, the president of the NFL Alumni Association. Uh, Mr. Oates, uh, everything you talked about in terms of the game of football obviously demonstrates your love for it. And I gather that somewhere along the line, it, it dawned on you that that love can translate into what um, efforts you can make both in the community and among your own to enhance the lives of players when they finish up. Um, and how did you get involved in the Alumni Association and, and, the, and, the, and the, the mission of it uh, as it has evolved? Well, I, listen, I, I think a lot of it started while I was playing and, and even before is that um, I realized, you know, early on, I just realized I was very blessed to be able to um, be able to play in the NFL, be able to play first in the USFL and then the NFL. I mean, to actually get paid to play a game. I mean, you know, I mean, what a country. That's awesome. 
And, and so I, I just, because I never expected it. I quite frankly thought I was going to go through. I, I was fortunate enough to get a college scholarship. I was, had my accounting degree. I was going to, and I, then I was going to go to law school. Um, and then I found out football was going to pay for law school. And I, that, then I was happy. Then I found out I could even play into, into the NFL. And that was, so I just realized early on that it was, I was, um, it was a blessing and that I had a platform. Whether you want it or not, there's a platform when you play in the NFL. Uh, as a player and you represent your team organization, you represent the league, you know, as, as well as yourself and your family. And so um, I took that seriously and, and tried to get involved in uh, community activities. Uh, my wife particularly has, has always been involved in, the, in being in different uh, community events and uh, different um, charities and, and different causes. And so, um, you know, it was just kind of a natural fit and, and extension as I, after I finished and it's a few years out, probably about seven or eight years out of uh, the NFL. Uh, you know, I'd been practicing. I started, you know, I kind of went into the practice and uh, raising my head to younger kids and raising kids. But as they got older and, and some things freed up, I got involved with the Alumni Association. At the time, I wasn't overly happy with the direction it had taken thus far up to that point and, and what it was doing. But, um, you know, through some, uh, George Martin was the, was the executive officer at that time. And we had a deep discussion and so I began to lead the uh, New York, New Jersey chapter and then um, as a chapter president and got onto the uh, national board and then from there I was asked to, to become the president about three years ago. That's amazing. So, That's amazing. And I am curious, as we're speaking about the NFL Alumni Association, can you tell us about some of the organization's priorities and maybe how they yeah. align with some of yours? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, it was we have, it is very simple. We are, our missions are caring for our community, caring for kids and caring for our own. Amen. And, and those are, uh, you know, most people in our community obviously is, you know, we, I, me, I have a very, uh, my son in the military, my father-in-law military that, you know, particularly those uh, military first responders, those who uh, serve uh, have a very soft and tender spot there as well as for kids who, um, children who really don't have that ability to speak for themselves. And so, uh, where we can do to to help and to to encourage to uh, promote uh, those types of causes, um, you know, we we're very involved in those types of things and, and want to be even more so. And and um, and our, we have again thousands and thousands of uh, former players and members of this organization across the country in 40 different chapters that um, work within the community. And they, you know, those causes that are uh, they're passionate about. Uh, they will support and we have charity events and raise money for and raise awareness for these uh, again dozens and dozens and dozens of different causes that uh, our members want to support and want to use and leverage that notoriety and that position of being a, an NFL player as well as the organization itself the NFL alumni organization to, to make a significant di uh, difference and impact for good in our communities and, and Mr. Oates one of the things that, uh, of course, you mentioned is the part of the organization called Caring for Our Own. And one of the things that I think, and one of the reasons I think we started this podcast was we wanted fans to understand the truly remarkable people that are athletes, not just the people between the lines who uh, people cheer for on Sundays, but uh, the, the, the individual themselves. And the NFL has had challenges with regard to the players generally. The, the, the careers are much shorter than in other sports and the the demands the physical and mental demands are incredible one of them is the issue of weight the 
the players who have to carry 280, 290, 300, 320 during their careers, but they certainly don't have to carry that weight afterwards. Tell me about the challenges of obesity among players and what you personally, as well as the organization, have been trying to do to, to get the word out about nutrition and related subjects. Well, yes. I mean, we have, uh, we, caring for our own is, is a very important part of our mission, too, um, and helping players and particularly health and wellness issues. And so, again, we talked about earlier, you know, the, the game is changing. So guys that are coming in now are just, they're bigger. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster uh, because they've been trained for it for their entire lives, basically. And so you've got these young men that, that have worked at it. So you've you really have gotten these bigger body people that maybe hadn't played football in the past who are now being trained in their, you know. So we got guys in the league that are playing at 360, 370, uh, you know. And my day it was, you know, couple of 300, 320-pound guys that you were huge, and now you're 360, 370 is the big guys. So it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. But, um, again, and then when you finish playing, it's, uh, you know, all right, what are you going to do? Uh, you have to kind of reinvent yourself, find your new why. Uh, but, you know, taking care of yourself is a – because you lose that why. You know, the why when you're playing is i got to stay in shape, i got to work out, I, because th- that is my livelihood. That's gone. Now it's like, okay, now, you know, it, it becomes more of like, I got to do it for myself, but you're still a young guy. I mean, most of the guys are out of the game before they're 30. And so they're still healthy. They're going to stay healthy. And so you really need, you know, the important thing is to start creating these lifestyles that will help you live a longer, uh, healthier life. Uh, but some guys naturally have these, they're heavier, bigger people. I mean, there's a lot more about uh, obesity and weight than just exercise and diet. I mean, there's hormones, right? There, there's um, all kind, you know, between your stress and sleep and, and other things that affect the, uh, you know, genetics that some people are just predisposed to it. And so it's, it's taking a factor all these things that will go into weight. So we want to create a dialogue right now. We have a campaign called HULTO, H-U-L-T-O, Huddle Up, Let's Talk Obesity, okay. to help have that conversation. Say, guys, it's, it's not just one of shame that, hey, you know, be more disciplined. It's like there's a lot of other factors, and there's help for those who have those chronic issues. Absolutely. And a lot of our guys do. Absolutely. And when we come back on After the Glory, we'll dive deeper into that transition into life off the field and how the NFL AA serves as not just a resource, but a support system for our athletes, their families, and even the rest of us in learning how to take good care of ourselves. This is Lucy Sang with Gary Stern, Mr. Bard Oates, and we'll be back on After the Glory in just a few minutes. This is Daryl Wayne, here to talk to you about the co-creator and co-host of After the Glory, Woodland Hills lawyer Gary Stern. When Gary's not talking to elite athletes, you can usually find him doing what he's been doing for almost 45 years, navigating the world of government. As a college student and young professional, Gary helped folks deal with federal and state agencies through his work as a caseworker with a local congressman and state senator. That work prepared Gary for a career as a consumer lawyer. Today, Gary still helps people in all walks of life but his passion nowadays is his service as a mediator, mostly in cases like the ones he's been handling for over four decades, where people have been injured in accidents or in connection with their employment. You can learn more about Stern Law, the law offices of Gary N. Stern at his website, www.sternlaw.org, that's S-T-E-R-N. Or you can call him at 818-710-2717, that's 818-710-2717.
And we're back on After the Glory. We're just going to jump right in again with Mr. Oates talking about the transition of life after the glory days of being on the field. But, you know, we always talk about finding glory off the field as well. So, Mr. Oates, I know we started talking about the the aspect of obesity and supporting our athletes, our football players, in having a healthy lifestyle, both mind and physically. Mm-hmm. What what are some other priorities that the AA focuses on, or you know, expands to not just the players, but maybe even the community? Well, I mean, we have the the obesity campaign that is an, an active one with us. I mean, we've surveyed our players. Uh, we have a website established for it. Um, HuddleUpObesity.org is a great place to go to really find information about this for those who have, especially those who have chronic issues right. uh, with obesity. And it's not just guy, someone that, you know, yeah, there's people that, you know, I'd, I'd like to lose five pounds. And, you know, I, I put on some weight over the holidays. I'm going to lose five pounds. I go to the weight gym. And then right with my new gym membership, I go for a few months and I stop going. Right. We're talking about guys that, you know, just have chronic issues and it really affects their lifestyle and how they live and how they feel day to day. Um, you know, we, we are always looking for, you know, issues of health and wellness is a very big issue and looking for resources, partnerships uh, that we, we will work with uh, companies and others that will be able to um, help the players, um, whether it's just, whether it's in the area of weight or it could be just Again, another one is, is pain management, and mm. you guys particularly with have issues. Uh, mental health is a, is a big focus of ours um, with respect to uh, working with guys. Uh, we Right now, we have a partnership with the CDC that we're promoting. Uh, we're promoting vaccinations, uh, promoting the message, and the message is if you're hesitant about getting a vaccination, talk to your health care provider, make an informed decision. Good. Uh, for yourself, your family, and your community. Um, Good. I suppose. So we, we're holding a series of uh, events around the country. Uh, going to be in Richmond this week. Going to be up in uh, northern New Jersey and a week after that, and uh, Tennessee the week after that. Wow. So, uh, wow. Those, are, those are some of the things that we have initiatives going that constantly looking for those relationships that we can, again, leverage this, this uh, mass, if you will, this group, uh, this organization to, to do good in our community. Absolutely. And, you know, how I'm curious, how receptive are our um, alumni NFL players to these resources, the support system that the Alumni Association offer? Can you give us some numbers in terms of how many people are a part of the organization and how, you know, many of them are actively engaged with the AA? Yeah, or, I, I would say we've got somewhere around uh, 6,000 guys uh, that are involved and, um, of the players, we are an opt-in organization, meaning that you've got to, you've got to come come to us. You got to sign up, and uh, and then you know we're dues paying organization. Uh, but we also have, matter of fact, we have memberships available to, uh, pretty much to anybody to to other former co- to coaches and cheerleaders. We have a, we also have an associate membership for people that just want to support the mission wow. of our caring for a community, caring for our own, and caring uh, caring for kids. So it's called an associate. We also have an inter what we call enterprise membership for businesses that want to be members of the NFL alumni association to, again, we, you know, we invite everybody that says, here's what we want to do. Here's our, here's our real mission. Here's our, our dream. And uh, if you want to, you know, you want to work with us, you, you had this, if that's something that resonates with you, um, come see us and go online and sign up and be part of a, 
chapter and an organization that uh, I think we're doing a lot of good. We're ma- I think we're making a difference. Um, where I think our, through our messaging and through uh, the things that we do in our communities, you know, just not only just the grassroots as well as a bigger message. Sure. And so I think we can we can make a difference both ways. It's truly it, a it team is, effort, huh? <laughs> it is. It is remarkable to listen to you talk about uh, with passion the work that the Alumni Association under your leadership is doing now. One of the things that I think that points to is the growth, both in popularity over the last, let's say, 50 years. Uh, the NFL, I think, is is quite arguably the most popular sport in America at this time. Football, professional football is, and perhaps along with college football. And that means that athletes are, are role models, but they also have lives to to develop afterwards they uh, they may have pensions they may have a salary uh, a pension salary afterwards but uh, I imagine that creating a life of meaning and purpose is is an important thing you are obviously an inspiration having created such an incredible life away from the football field what, what are your thoughts about uh, where athletes can go to develop a life of meaning and purpose for themselves when their playing days are over you know it, it's one as you start uh, and, and it's it's not even too early to start when you're in college, quite frankly. I mean, it's like, and I know football becomes it it becomes obsessive. You have to it, it is it requires this passion that kind of envelops everything else. It takes over. Um, in in order to to excel in that sport, that's what you have to have. It is a very passionate game because of its physicality, right? And so the demands are great. Um, Unfortunately, it is a short-lived game for most people, and, and even myself, I played uh, 14 years professionally, um, but I, I was done at 37, and I, I was probably one of the oldest guys I know that played. The vast majority of guys are done before they're 30, well, probably right. over 90%, and that's just the nature of the game. Um, many of our members, uh, I haven't done a statistic, but I'd say it's probably close to half of our members are guys that played less than two years, meaning they they never got vested or they played two years or less and means they're not vested guys. They don't have those benefits that you just referenced. And so, mm-hmm. you know, these guys, you know, it's more needful for them. Now the advantage is they get out very early, you know, they're still in their mid twenties. And so they have to, then again, right. It's, they have more time to find out that why, um, you know, so they have that ability. Today's world is a little bit different because the money is is really good. Um, the benefits are are awesome uh, compared to to the benefits that you know for guys that preceded me and my peers. But it, it's still an opportunity again to to be involved, and that's why while we do you know we have Hall of Famers and we have guys that just signed training camp, never played in the game that are player members. Anybody that signed an NFL contract is a player member. We don't make that distinction between them. So. Are, you know, we we try to, you know, quite frankly, it's those guys that played less than, you know, two years or less. The uninvested guys probably need more help than the than the guys than the Hall of Famers, for instance. So we well, I can tell you all of those guys. I can tell you that we had two early guests on our show, Thomas Williams and Derek Cox, who both uh, uh, played football for a couple of years. Uh, neck injuries, I think, took them out of the game. Yep. Uh, one's going for a master's degree. The other's a motivational speaker. Uh, both incredible individuals, and so awesome. we've it's seen awesome firsthand. Yeah, we've seen firsthand um, uh, the potential, and that raises an interesting question. And I wonder if you share with the uh, with our audience when we come back. Let's talk one more time with Bart Oates about the NFL player, past and present and future. On after the glory. 
Hey, this is Lucy Sang from Resiliency Coaching. I am a certified mental performance coach focused on working with athletes transitioning into life after the glory days of sports. I help like-minded people become high performers and thrive in all areas of life. My goal is to serve as your accountability partner and offer different perspectives as you make tough decisions. Learn more about me on Instagram at resiliency underscore coaching, R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T-S-E-E underscore coaching. And thanks for tuning in to After the Glory. Back on After the Glory, this is Gary Stern with Lucy Singh and our very special guest, Mr. Bart Oates. When we left off, Mr. Oates, we were talking about something that I think is at the heart of, I think, being an athlete and being a person who lives a life of meaning and purpose for all those decades they have when they've left the sport. And that is that the recognition that we found with so many of our guests, um, the recognition that the skill set, the, the things you're born with, the things you develop as a child and into your teen years that allow you to get to that mountaintop, in the case of a football player to get to the NFL, are the very same things that will hold you in good stead as you plan the rest of your life. Is that something you've seen as well? And, and how has how that manifested for you and the people around you? Uh, yeah, you know, listen, you, you, you get the opportunity to play in the NFL. You get paid to play in the NFL and, and, and go through experiences that, you know, you can only, I mean, they're dreams. There is something I dreamt of as a little boy. And then to be able to actually realize it, I mean, to, you know, I, I remember sitting in, in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl at the conclusion of the first Super Bowl I went to against the uh, when I was playing with the Giants in 1987 was eight, 1987 January of 87 against the Denver Broncos and we won the Super Bowl and, mm. and sitting there um, at 28 years old going oh my gosh I go you know I dreamt of this since a little boy growing up in southwest Georgia and I figured it would be pretty cool but never could I realize just really how special it was it's, in the locker room and, and seeing the Vince Lombardi trophy and being able to hold it and, you know, and just experiencing that with my teammates who we had gone through so much in the last five months of just the effort and, and, and everything that we had done to do that, the sacrifices. And so, you know, the, you learn so much and, and you can apply all of those disciplines of, of sacrifice, of patience, of, you know, teamwork that in, in any venture or any other endeavor you choose. I know I did that going to law school. It was the same thing. It was just getting up, you know, going into to class, going to class every day, study my, my books, you know, go, go through the cases, uh, fulfill the assignment, you know, just do what I would normally do if I were playing football. And that's just follow the instructions. You know, it's, it's mapped out for you. And guess what? If you follow it, what ends up happening for the most part? And, um, did the same thing when I took the bar exam and, you know, Gary, you were, I'm sure you remember that. <laughs> you never forget Boy, that do I ever. Yeah. Right. But, you know, it's that process that you do. And so, yeah. you know, we, we hopefully, you know, we have the ability where we can, you know, I, I love to see it, you know, and you guys really promote it and seeing these players and, and having a positive influence, uh, making a, a difference in their communities or in the lives of others. Uh, that's really what we want to celebrate. That, those are the things that, you know, there's so many guys. It, it far out outweighs all the knuckle, the, the few knuckleheads, right? Sure. It, you know, there's going to be knuckleheads everywhere, but you know, for the well, most part, guys are pretty. They're good. You know, they try to make a difference. They're, they're positive. You know, human too, make mistakes, etc. And no difference to anybody else. But 
I think that for the most part, the guys that, I, that I'm associated with and the guys that part of this organization really have it in their heart, they have a passion for it. It's incredible. And I think the uh, identifying the transferable skills is one thing, but really applying them is another thing. And I think that's where the NFLAA steps in and really creates that community and that support system in which you don't have to do it alone, right? No. Because that experience of lose, essentially losing the love of your life, I would imagine, uh, of you know not being an active player and trying to figure out what else you can be quote unquote good at that experience is n- unlike any other but when you can do it with other people who are going through the same thing having that support system having that community it just feels that much less daunting than it really has to be it does just just like our hopeful campaign we actually part of our hopeful campaign is having a wellness challenge and that's bringing guys together who have issues you know have had these some of these chronic issues and saying all right, let's just let's bring together as a team and work together, and we'll compete Amen. with some other some other guys. And um, you know, and that support system, right? That that camaraderie that they had as a player, um, you know, it it helps you succeed in these other areas. Yeah. Um, I can tell you, it's it's you know, for and I've talked to other guys. I, you know, one thing I tell the current guys, that you're going to be an alumni player a lot longer. You're going to be an active player. Um, <laughs> well. Go Let ahead. me ask you this what, one last thing before we wrap up our this incredible episode with Bardos. And I've always wondered about this, but I'd like a firsthand story if you can. It, another word that comes to mind in terms of the relationships during a career is gratitude. And I've always understood that on the offensive line, you are making the careers of some running backs. Tell me a story or two about the best dinner or the best gift from a running back where you've opened a hole and they have been, uh, they, they got a big run and get all that uh, cheering. Uh, I imagine that must've happened once or twice in your career. Well, I, I can say, I don't remember any specific play that I got rewarded for uh, because that's pretty much our jobs. And we weren't <laughs> expecting it, quite frankly. It was, uh, that's one thing. Two is our salaries weren't that high uh, back in the eighties and nineties. So a running back couldn't afford, but we always would get a, a nice gift at the end of the season from the quarterback, from, from the running back, whether I played with uh, Joe Morris and Otis Anderson, uh, Rodney Hampton were a couple of the really successful running backs that I played, you know, Phil Sims and Jeff Hostetler and uh, Steve Young, some of the quarterbacks that I was fortunate enough to be able to block for. And, uh, you know, there was, there's a mutual respect and, and understanding of that, you know, those guys, while they may get the, you know, it's interesting for the, from the outside, the perspective of the public, you know, it's those running backs, the receivers, the quarterbacks that kind of like lead the team. You go into the locker room, uh-uh. It's the offensive, defensive lines. They control the locker room. Yes. It's, I love it. I love it. So um, you, go into the, you go into any locker room, it's, it's pretty much the guys who are kind of the alphas in the locker room, those are the linemen. Hey. <laughs> Tell us those websites that people can go to to learn more about the NFL Alumni Association. Well, you go to NFLalumni.org. Uh, simply, you know, particularly if you'd like to become an associate member um, or an enterprise member, it's lots of information. Our site also talks about the uh, our hopeful campaign. Uh, um, HuddleUpObesity.org is another one you can go, go straight to for just, just great information about our um, the obesity issues and whether it's, you know, just helping understand. There's just a positive discussion there that, you know, it's, it's helpful for everybody. Mr. Oates, I cannot thank you enough. This has been a privilege. Uh, Lucy? 
I am just in awe of all that is being done for our athletes off the field, even though many of us only highlight their accomplishments on the field. I want to again thank Mr. Oates for being here and sharing his own passion, but also his leadership through the NFL Alumni Association that's impacting not just the lives of our alumni players, but many more. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to have you back and more NFL players on this podcast very soon. On After the Glory, this is Lucy Sang with Gary Stern and our special guest today, Mr. Bart Oates. Lucy and I hope you enjoyed this edition of After the Glory. As we leave you until next time, we want to thank our team, our producer, Mark Allen, executive producer from Podclips, Mike Anderson, and our sound engineer and editor, the insane Daryl Wayne. We are also grateful for music by T. Dan Hofstede. And as we close out this episode of After the Glory, we honor our guest with our theme song, written and sung by my brother in baseball, T. Dan, the master of music from the islands and the slack key guitar. Until next time, stay safe, healthy, and athletic. Living the dream on a shooting star. Hometown crowd cheering what you are. Living large and riding. Across the sky Back in the day So young and strong Work or play You can do no wrong But when that ride is through What you gonna do Hey, hey What's your story What you gonna do After the glory Step back and take inventory Checking out new territory Not every day